Hey, podcast listeners, Andrew here. Before we get started with our podcast today, just a quick warning. Uh, at the beginning of our podcast, during the introduction, we tell a story and talk about the topic of suicide. If this is something you'd like to skip for any reason, you can jump ahead a few minutes. Or if you want to see a specific time to jump to, you can look in the show notes. Thanks. Welcome to Leading the Next Generation with Tim Elmore, where our mission is to empower the emerging generations with skills to lead in real life. Welcome back, podcast listeners. Andrew here. And with me, as always, is Dr. Tim Elmore. How are you, Tim? I'm very well. Good. You doing good? I'm doing great. I'm excited about today's conversation. Uh, I'm extremely excited, not just excited. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's going to be really good then. Yeah. So uh, today we're talking about shaping Generation Z's worldview. And we're using this term worldview that probably most of our listeners would be familiar with, but maybe some of them aren't. But uh, I think you want to speak to, this is one of those topics that's sort of the thing under all of the other conversations yeah. we have. Yeah. We talk about technology. We talk about education and all these different topics. But really one of the things we're talking about today is a meta topic that affects yeah. everything. Yeah, it does. In fact, I think uh, we were sparked in our conversations around this office by watching so many, let's say, caring adults, teachers, coaches, parents, employers, yeah. who are seeing a gap between how they think and how young people think today. Yeah. Now, that was said back in my day as well, but um, it's really a worldview thing Yeah, that you can be on channels of uh, TikTok or Instagram or whatever as a young person. You can be on your own echo chamber yes. as an adult, yeah. but come up with different philosophies of life. So a worldview, quite simply defined, is a particular philosophy of life or a conception of the world. So someone might travel and go, oh my gosh, I've broadened my worldview by experiencing a whole new culture. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So you and I have thought a lot about worldview. You actually spent some time in college yeah. not only thinking about this, but speaking on this. Yeah. It was one of my, my very first job actually right out of college is I was in charge of what we called the worldview initiative, but we would travel around and put on conferences and talk about worldview and ideas and beliefs and how do we make decisions and where do worldviews come from yeah. and all those kinds of things. It was quite fascinating. Yeah, it is to me too. So today as teachers, parents, coaches, and youth workers, we watch Generation Z, even millennials, maybe even Gen Alpha, uh, grow up, and we're seeing a distance in how they view life. Yeah, uh, We see cancel culture. We see opposite viewpoints on major social issues, yeah. a divide, even anger, confusion, and resentment. And most of all, millions of us older adults, let's just say, can't understand the level of anxiety that kids have. We say to them, you have it so good. Yeah. You're in middle-class America yeah. or affluent America. Yeah. So today we want to take a few minutes and just say, why the divide and what can we do? Absolutely. And this is one I think already people are probably feeling in their bones, right? This sort of disconnect. So I'm hoping we're going to bring some um, some clarity to this conversation. Yeah. So I have a sad case study to begin with today. Okay. I, I met Jasmine last year when she was 21 years old. She had asked to meet with me to talk about career options but our conversation turned into something far more important. Um, she expressed to me her doubts about life in general. Yeah. Her anxieties about so many issues from climate change to mass shootings, which are real. Yeah. And to her, the future looked bleak. Uh, Jasmine was melancholy and even cynical about the world, and she was barely into adulthood. Yeah. Uh, the sad outcome came a month later. Jasmine's body was discovered in her apartment. 
she had completed suicide and left a note that her parents had kept hidden for, for, for weeks. The note basically read, and they just now were okay with this being shared. Um, Jasmine said in her suicide note, when I looked around me, I don't see anything I can trust. I have no passions because I can't see anything I can believe in. I don't see a reason to go on. Sorry. Hmm. Jasmine's pessimism, in my point of view, may sound extreme, but she's a product of a very common worldview. Yeah. So then, Andrew, I sat down with a group of Gen Zers, uh, a focus group, call it, uh, between 16 and 22 years old, and I brought this story up, Jasmine. Uh, these young people represented different races, genders, income levels, and perspectives, so I felt like this is a great chance to just talk about their worldview. I wanted to find out what made them tick and what made this so common. Their responses to my questions confirmed what I'd gathered from Gen Zers all over the U.S. One respondent said her identity is fluid. She is constantly overwhelmed. She wants to be an entrepreneur. She's lonely. And her passion is for society to fundamentally change. So this is a summary of, of this generation. Yeah. So many of them are looking in the, at the world in a way that feels incomprehensible to generations above them. Frankly, I'm a millennial. I'm 34 years old. And even I am looking at them and going, how did we get here? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think the, the perspective of the stories you just told and the different comments that were just made comes from growing up in a very different world with yeah. a very different worldview. That's right. It is morphed over time. So listeners, I want to lay out three um, worldviews. Um, all of them still exist, but the first one ha is evaporating. The third one is coming on stronger than ever. Yeah. But this has happened over time. And Andrew, I do welcome your input on this because as a student of this topic, you've learned stuff over the years. Yeah. But I'm going to try to make this simpler for listeners that maybe don't spend time every day thinking about this, but you do see this divide between kids and adults. I am now recognizing how much our youth generation's worldview has morphed into complete postmodern ideals. Their perspective has evolved from beyond where Gen X and Gen Y has been. Yep. And so let me summarize it this way. Worldview number one could be called pre-modern thought. And it was mostly shaped by ritual. So, Andrew, mm. this has been around not just centuries, millenniums. Yeah. Okay. And it lasted for millenniums throughout the long agricultural age. So you go back lots and lots and lots of years. Those living during this period, centuries and centuries and centuries ago, made decisions based on what their ancestors did. Yeah. Think about this. Yeah. And often formed their beliefs and worldview from superstition. This is what's been passed down to me from my great, 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 great grandparents to great grandparents to grandparents to parents. And nothing much changed yeah. for long periods of time. In fact, Think about this, listeners. Science at this point was archaic and played only a small role in everyday life. Witch hunts occurred. Mm -hmm. Outliers were imprisoned. Think Galileo who went, went to prison, you know, that sort of thing. And people believed the world was flat back then. Yeah. So leaders came to power during this period of time based on divine appointment and familial right. You were the king because you were once a prince in the right family, right? Yeah. There was not a complete absence of logic, but life was less about common sense and more about common practice. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So I think we all remember reading about that in our history books, but think about this. In fact, I think of the show that we've probably all seen either on a play or on a movie Fiddle on the Roof. Yep. Tradition, tradition. <laughs> I, I had to sing it. Yeah. Okay. To. All right. Yep. So that's pre-modern thought. 
Yeah. It was shaped mostly by ritual. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. The next uh, worldview emerged over time, not overnight, and it was modern thought. And this was shaped mostly not by ritual, but by reason. Now reason became the norm for discovery and belief. Okay? Uh, and this period lasted for centuries, not millenniums, but it lasted basically from the Renaissance through the Industrial Age. Yeah. Okay? And with the dawn of the Enlightenment and the Renaissance, reason played a much larger role in our worldview. Logic and rationale shaped modern thought, okay? It was the search for theoretical, objective, and analytical truth. Science now forced people to adapt their beliefs. Evidence-based decisions were common, and democracies emerged. In fact, our country was shaped during this time. Yeah. We even said we hold these truths to be, what was Self-evident. it? Self-evident. That's yeah. right. Reason. Yeah. Yeah, so we wouldn't have said that centuries ago. America could not have been formed centuries and centuries and centuries before. It just mm. people would have gone, no, just do what your mom did, do what yeah. your dad did, yeah. you know? So reason became king at this time. All right? So um now this is a very different time. Now the emerging generation and the established gener- adult generation or population were making decisions together because mm. it's reason that tells us what to do. Yeah. Okay? All right. Now, number three, we did pre-modern, modern, modern, postmodern thought. We've all heard that term. We've heard that term for decades. Even if we didn't know what it meant. That's right. That's right. Postmodern thought now reigns supreme, and it's shaped mostly by relativism, Hmm. relative thought. Everything's relative. You have your truth. I have mine. So we went from ritual to reason to relative. Yes, that's very right. good. You see what I did there? I do. Okay. I know about you in alliteration. That's right. that's right. So this period has lasted for decades, not centuries, and began taking shape really following World War II. Uh, as education levels rose higher, people began to question everything, uh, facts and rules once assumed to be right for everyone, and at every time no longer seemed enforceable. You can't force that on me, yeah, right? Yeah. Okay. So um, – this has been really real. I, th- I think everybody listening would be nodding right now going, yeah, I see this today in young people. Um, individual experience is now what you base your thoughts on. Spiritual perception, uh, subjective opinion. I've got my beliefs. You've got yours. Don't you tell me what to do. Mm. Okay. And uh, by the way, I, I need to add right away. I'm an old guy here. I'm the dinosaur <laughs> at the table. But I see, well, that is true in many cases. There's yeah. a lot of gray. Not everything is black and white. Yep. And I think young people see so many grown adults going, you make everything black and white. Follow the rules. Just stay in line. Yep. And they're wanting to color outside the lines. Yeah. And my generation needs to go, you know what? Some of what you're saying there's is some truth. truth. Yeah, yeah that's right. So um, sadly, in this postmodern thought, relative worldviews embrace fewer absolutes and offers a scarcer supply of security because mm. I can't securely hold on to much. Yeah. Do you have a thought on that? Um, um, do you see what I see? Yeah, I, th- I think so. I think when we look back at anxiety and feeling kind of disconnected, there's a lot uh, – there's a big piece of that, right? If I feel more anxious about the world, a lot of it comes from this idea of – Nothing's really knowable. I don't really yeah. have anything secure to hold on to. And I think, you know, um, for whatever faults black and white thinking has, one of the positives is I feel very confident yeah, in what I believe, right. right? So wrestling down, especially at a yeah. young age, with a world that doesn't have black and white components to it to make it really clear can be really challenging for a young mind especially. Absolutely. And I think this is helpful for me. Forget everybody else. 
for me just to be more empathetic. This yeah. is a really weird time to be growing up. Yeah. Gen, Gen Z feels very fluid in their beliefs, their gender preferences oftentimes. Yeah. And we're going, what? Yeah. What are you doing? You know? So, Andrew, I would say the danger of pre-modern thought is it merely perpetuates the past yeah. without much examination or evaluation. I heard one teenager put it, pre-modernism is peer pressure from dead people. I thought, <laughs> that is so true. You know, that's what it is. Yeah, you know? it is. Um, the danger of modern thought is it boxes everything into a category and reduces life to a series of facts. Most people recognize this oversimplifies issues way too much. Yep. But then the danger of postmodern thought is that it purports that all truth is relative and some truth may actually be objective. Yeah. I mean, the law of gravity. I don't care if you live in China or America, the law of gravity is going to pull you down. Yeah. That is an absolute truth. Yeah. So we need to be careful there. We don't reconcile with that a lot of times. Yeah. Yeah. I just listened to this fascinating podcast. We haven't even talked about this, Tim, but um, she was talking about different eras of how we found truth, right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, she used three words for three different eras that line up perfectly for what we're talking about. Okay. She said that pre-modern era was the era of mystery, mm-hmm. where anything you didn't understand was attributed to the divine. Yeah, right? that's right. Uh, Acts the, of God. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. The modern era, she said, was the era of facts, which yeah. is one of the terms yeah. that you used here. It's the Sherlock Holmes era, right? Everything yeah. can be solved if you just find out the fact that you just need investigate. evidence is you know, what you're looking for. But she said today the pre-modern or the postmodern era is defined by data, hmm. which is a whole mass of information which can be manipulated and distorted to yes. say whatever you want it to say. Yeah. And isn't that exactly what happens? Yeah. If I have an opinion, I can find some stat somewhere to back it up. Some website it's backs so me It's so easy. Yeah. And all of that, the information that we have built, it has ballooned to the point where it's almost like we've sort of returned back to the time of mystery Mystery. in some ways, which is very interesting. That's very insightful. So I think we need to help young people distinguish between facts and truth. Yeah. Facts change. Yeah. Driving on the right-hand side of the road in America, driving on the left-hand side in England. Yeah. But truth would be the law of gravity. And and I I do believe there are some absolute truths, maybe not tons like my grandpa thought, but but there are some, and we've got to help young people there are some facts, and they will change, that data yeah. or data yeah. that you, one website says this, another says that. But but truth, I just help. I think it gives a sense of security that we all need. Yeah. Yeah. So you um – like like a good Tim Elmore presentation, you give us a few columns here to yeah. think through how each of these ideas might compare with one another. So walk us through the differences between each of these eras and how they might have thought. I'll try to do this in a nutshell. And by the way, I'm very excited about this ebook that's going to be coming. Yeah, out so you're going to be able ahead. to see these pretty yes, soon. Yeah, and, and hopefully make it a discussion guide with your young people. Listeners. Absolutely. So, okay, listeners. So I want you to picture three columns in your head: pre-modern worldview modern worldview, and then postmodern worldview. And there are slight differences that may explain the differences you feel yeah. between generations today. Yeah. So the pre-modern worldview fostered community. Oh, yeah. Think about it. It's way before science or facts or – well, not facts, but yeah. before research. So you were in an agricultural day. Yeah. You worked outside. It got cold. You need to stick together as a tribe. Let's believe the same things. Let's stick yep. together. Truth comes from the other generations around me. So I need community in order to know what to do. That's exactly right. And that community, we're missing that today. So yeah. that was a good part about pre-modern, even yep. if we don't like the unscientific uh, way of thinking. Yeah. It did get us together. Yeah. 
Modern worldview fostered research. Yeah, like scientific discovery. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Now we're researching. So we may split from each other a little bit because I found some facts out, you know, blah, blah, blah. And now, Mom, you're wrong because this new report just came out. That's right. I hold this truth to be self-evident. Okay. (laughs) Yes. I'm I'm a historian now. Well done. Uh, and then postmodern worldview fosters individuality. Yeah. Remember, you got your truth. I've got mine. Yep. Well, in some ways, that's good. It makes us way more acceptant, acceptance yeah. of one another, yeah. accepting of one another. But but boy, if we're putting everything in that category, it could be dangerous. Yeah. There is no absolute truth to stand on. This is one of the things I talked about in my book is how – how kids find community is different. It used to be you were in a community and you let that inform who you are. Yeah. Now you discover who you are and then you go choose your community mm-hmm. as a result of that, right? I'm going to yeah. go find the group of people who like what I like yes. or whatever. And that's that individual mindset. That's very good. All right. Let's do a few more. Uh, pre-modern worldview, it was built on tradition. Yep. Modern worldview is built on reason. Mm-hmm. Postmodern worldview it's kind of built on subjective opinion. Yeah. You can find whatever, whatever data. Whatever conviction I have. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, pre-modern worldview leads to superstition. It did. Remember the witch hunts? Yeah. Well, you don't remember them, but you remember not, reading about not it? Not personally, That's but right. yes. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So there were superstitions back then that was dangerous. Yeah. In fact, if you were an outlaw, you might have been hung by evening that time because we don't have a jury to figure out the evidence. Yep. We're hanging you. You know, it's crazy. Um, modern worldview leads to stubborn mindsets because I'm not leaving this, you know, yeah. research I just did. Postmodern worldview often leads to loneliness and isolation. Yeah. Uh, I've got my opinion, but up oh, I'm the only one. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, pre-modern worldview ignores the role of research. Modern worldview ignores the role of emotion. It was just all facts. Yeah. But postmodern view ignores the role of Absolute truth. Yeah, some of those truths you were talking about. So listeners, I want to guide your narrative as you're listening right now. I actually think we need all three and let each three – each of the three play its role. Bring the the weight and and helpfulness that they bring. That's right, yeah. Yeah. So one more real quick and then there's way more in the ebook that we'll post later, listeners. Pre-modern worldview, everything is predetermined. I'm going to follow my ancestors. Modern worldview, everything is absolute, maybe too much. Postmodern worldview, everything is relative. Mm. And again, I think you're hearing us loud and clear. There's something negative and something positive, but there's a danger that lies in these three. And let me just kind of summarize that really quickly. Once we slip into one particular worldview, knowingly or unknowingly, we see life through that lens and miss the value of the others. Our paradigm helps us to see certain realities, but also to miss other realities. Whether we like it or not, our worldview instills in us presuppositions where we presuppose truths because our minds need life to make sense. We need filing cabinets in our head. We assume life will fit into our schemas or frameworks that we begin to presume. And we begin to stereotype people and judge, sometimes prejudge. The word prejudice comes to mind, situations, and become predictive in what will happen, leaving out all sorts of good information that doesn't fit into our mental 
filing cabinets. Can mm-hmm. you see that? Absolutely. And it reminds me of that idea from Jonathan Haidt of the elephant and the rider, right? Yeah. Once we have our presupposed worldview, the elephant of our emotions just starts following that yeah. blindly. And then we constantly are yeah. kind of making ourselves more and more comfortable with that. Yeah. So it happens all the time. So you mentioned earlier that you want us to begin embracing all three worldviews as the solution. So we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to get you to talk more about that. Idea. Okay. So let's take a quick break. Hey, podcast listeners, Andrew here, and I want to tell you about a brand new free resource that is dropping very soon. Right now, the students that we're leading are part of a generation that often seems lost. They can carry strong opinions, which can cause conflict with their leaders. Understanding their perspective and how we can best lead them is the key to success with Generation Z. This is exactly why our founder, Tim Elmore, has written a brand new ebook called Shaping Generation Z's Worldview. In this new resource, Tim explores the perspective of today's emerging students and gives practical advice for how to shape them into more resilient and effective young adults. The only way to get your hands on this brand new resource is to sign up for our virtual ebook launch event on September 26th. So click the link in the description to sign up today and get your copy of Shaping Generation Z's Worldview when it releases on September 26th. All right, listeners, we're back. We've talked about the three different worldviews, but Tim brought up a really interesting idea of embracing the best parts of all three worldviews. So how do we do that? Well, my number one goal is to help us avoid blind spots. Mm. I feel like I have so many when I get my little simple categories. It makes life easier. I'm getting old and tired. Yes. But it doesn't make life better. Yeah. So listeners, I want to help us avoid the blind spots. So let's talk about embracing the best parts of all three worldviews and why we should do this. Okay? Keep in mind that throughout history, there's been a reason why each of these worldviews emerged. It's because they each serve a need inside of us. All behavior solves a problem. Yeah, yeah. It made sense of the world we were in at that time. That's right, yeah. So desires are the chief motivation for our actions. Value-based and reason-based views hold that desires are never complete in themselves. So I want you to consider this hypothesis, listeners. When we value the benefits from each worldview, we meet our deepest longings, mm. the community, the, the data. All of that's yeah. necessary. Yeah. So let me say it again. When we value the benefits of each of these three worldviews, we meet our deepest longings. So let me share with you what I believe those deepest longings are. Based on the digging that I have done, I believe – well, we could probably come up with 300, but yeah. there are three really deep longings inside the human heart of every human being, young and old. Number one – is indeed community. Yeah. Social science established long ago that humans are social creatures who are meant for connection. At our best, we enjoy social connections with many, emotional connections with a few, and intimate connections with even fewer, mm-hmm. right? So it's kind of like concentric circles. But people dwell best together where there are strengths and those strengths complement each other. Uh, Think about it. Millenniums ago, people learned to collaborate, forming tribes and communities from which they drew their identity and security. The pre-modern worldview naturally adopted and embraced this truth. As we develop beyond the limitations of pre-modern thought, we must not ignore this deep need. Today, people endure greater levels of loneliness. There's a pandemic of loneliness around the world and isolation than at any time in modern history. We need to recapture the safe relational circles 
so that they can flourish. Mm-hmm. We are not meant to be islands. No, it may mean that we have to embrace some of the realities of pre-modern thought in order to fully embrace that That's community. Right. Yeah. But it's worth it because this is a really key need that we have. Okay, so you're part of the pre-modern thought with the University of Alabama. Yeah. It's Roll a time. tribe. It, Roll Tide, that's it is right. Definitely you go a to tribe. a football game, yeah. Crimson, well, and of course every major football program will yep. say, Well, we gotta yep. isn't that tradition? It is. You will do fool people paint their bodies. Yep. It's nonsensical for these educated PhD. Oh, I don't care. Yeah. I gotta try. See, we still have it. Yeah. And we need it with some of us well, all of us need this, but many of us will go to great lengths. Yeah. Some researchers call that our B complex. We have this yeah. ability to sort of drop our individual interests <laughs> and take on the <laughs> meaning of the group. Right. And I I think that's we have that inside of us. We just often don't let ourselves get to that yeah. place, especially yeah. with our, our close friendships. Yeah, and I think we right. need to get better at that. Yeah, I agree. Okay. The second great need is meaning. Yeah. Um, everybody would agree. We, I need our life. I'm, I want my life to count. So the second great inward longing is that we have meaning and purpose. Um, we find our most satisfying lives when we gain a sense of identity, then leverage our identity for something meaningful, mm-hmm. a cause, dare I say, greater than ourselves. I believe we don't flourish without a purpose, uh, and I'm not the only one saying that. Uh, the modern worldview helps us gain a reasonable sense of this meaning as science made advances, which later led to advances in art and yep. archaeology, academics, and, and so many other advantages we enjoy. Yeah. So in short, I'm kind of capsulizing this, um, we captured a collective sense of meaning with these discoveries and remained in community with others. Yeah. Reason became the plumb line. Yeah. You know? Sadly... As humanism took root during the Enlightenment, we began to forsake anything beyond our five senses. It was only about the reason. Yeah. And we began to believe we might be be the measure of all things in ourselves. And I, I just think there's – I don't yeah. like humans are – are the complete end of all yeah. things. When we tried to answer the question of what is life all about with ourselves, we knew fundamentally deep down that's not a satisfying yeah. answer, yeah. which is kind of what led us to the postmodern yeah. uh, worldview as we went, all, what was all of this progress for? And our ultimate answer was, it was for us. And that yeah. was That's not good enough. Yeah. We've got to be about something bigger outside of ourselves it's so in true. order to find true meaning. Yeah. Our friend, Dr. Jean Twenge at San Diego State, great researcher, she wrote The Me Generation, and mm-hmm. she proposes after the data shows young people are into themselves, and they are, we were, yeah. it, I'm not going to be happy. I'm not going to be fulfilled if it's yeah. just me. All right, so number three. Um, so number one was community. Number two was meaning. Number three is the word direction. If we enjoy the first two human needs, we often organically grow toward a third, which is clear direction. And when we gain clarity on our talents and skills, we experience a sense of competence and we can focus our lives on doing something that matches who we are and and what we possess. So we cannot flourish without focus and clarity. Fortunately, this can emerge for each of us individually. Unfortunately, we can believe that we can achieve it independent of others. And postmodern thought has nudged each of us into the discovery of what our truth is. Make sense? Yeah. Not necessarily toward each other. I wish it did both, but sometimes it doesn't. Now, at the same time, I'll acknowledge the outcomes have not all been positive as people have commonly withdrawn from the support accountability of a community. Yeah. In fact, I see young people say, don't you can't tell me what to do. Yeah. Well, but we need that. Yeah. Now, 
we don't need power trips in leaders. <laughs> yeah. But but this is so – so here's my question. I know we need to wrap this up, but I, listeners, think this through. My question is can we actually enjoy the benefits of all three in our lives today? And I think we can. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say we need traditions – that's pre-modern, yeah. and we need to belong to a community. Yeah. These enable us to have a clear sense of identity and become the best version of ourselves as we're part of something bigger than us. Yeah. But we need reason to answer our moral questions. There is a right and wrong. Yeah. Um, theft is not good. Dishonesty is not good. And yeah. That will always be true yeah. if we're going to trust each other. Yeah. Okay. So with logical reasoning, we can use our hard thinking to lead us to making our, 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 making our choices of right and wrong. As individuals, we need a collective sense of judgment to make decisions on right and wrong. Um, and then we need to recognize that life is bigger than the categories of our brains, and and we need mystery. I love the mystery that postmodernism embraces. Yeah. If you believe in God, God should be bigger than than a category in yeah. your life. Yeah, you know, and and that's what I think postmodern. Uh, belief nudges us to. Absolutely. Yeah. It's such an interesting idea of uh, because the easiest thing I think for most of us to do is to kind of argue for our corner. Here's why what we were taught when we were growing up is the right way to think. And what you're actually recommending is what if every generation brought a perspective to the table that could actually help if we brought it all together and went, what can I learn from you? And what can you learn from me? And what kind of, you know, and all of that coming together, Mm -hmm. I think that's such a wise uh, view. That's what I'm thinking. So, um, I, I hope this has made sense, listeners. Yeah. Um, and and there'll be more to come. We're going to talk more. We're going to do ebooks. But I just want to see you listen. You you were thinking the other day about a really simple to understand metaphor, and yeah. I think it's a great thing to sort of keep in our brains as we're uh, moving forward and thinking about how do these ideas apply to how we're leading our students. Yeah. Well, it's it is simple. When my wife and I moved into our current house years ago. We noticed some cracks in the wall. It wasn't okay. a new home, but it was new to us. Yeah. But there were some cracks in the walls. Now, they weren't bad at first, but but we could see them. And because they weren't bad, I wondered if I could just fill them with putty you know, or toothpaste or uh-huh. something like yeah, that, yeah, you yeah. Know, like we did in college, and then paint over the cracks and be done with it. Um, over time, I recognized that wouldn't be enough. The cracks actually got bigger. Yeah. And when we spoke to a contractor, he revealed the obvious to us. It was a foundation problem. Uh. Almost every time when a house has cracks in the walls or the floors, it's due to a shifting foundation. Mm. And so it is with us. Our worldview serves us as our foundation. And if it's faulty, our lives will begin to show cracks. And that's what we're trying to avoid. Yeah. So many of the symptoms that we often talk about on this podcast may just come down to some of the really big ideas we've talked about today. Thank you for that metaphor. I think that's going to be helpful to us. Well, listeners, if you're eager to continue this conversation and dig a little deeper, click the link in the show notes and you can find out more about a brand new ebook we have coming out about worldviews and how we bring worldviews together. So if this conversation was riveting to you and you're like, man, I want more, we've got a great free ebook coming your way. So click the link in the show notes to find out more. As always, if you would rate this podcast, give us five stars on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. That would be of great service to us. And if you've thought of somebody who you think might enjoy this episode, shoot it over to them. We would also appreciate that. If you want to follow us online, we are at Growing Leaders and at Tim Elmore pretty much everywhere you are. And then finally, if you have ideas for this podcast, whether that's people you think we should interview or subjects you think we should cover, shoot us an email. It's podcast at growingleaders.com. We love getting those. Tim, thank you once again again for leading us through this really big and important conversation. Thank you guys for diving deep with us today and we'll see you next time.